Hey guys, Happy New Year. Welcome back to West Coast Mix and Bounce, brought to you by the LAFB Network. I am Bronna Marks, and I'm here with... Leslie Torres. And we're going to jump right into it. First, we're going to go over uh, the Christmas Day game between the Lakers and Clippers, because how could we not talk about that? I know it's been a few weeks, but I'm sure everybody is still sizzling over it. Um, And then we will jump into other Lakers, Clippers news and drama and all that good stuff so uh lizzie did you actually go to see that game or were you like home with the family for christmas day so i actually went out of town i was in mexico and i got really sick and i did not watch the game at all (laughs) which makes me the worst it was the worst (laughs) excuse me it was the worst time because i was so looking forward to this game i was like okay i'm gonna be in mexico i have to be prepared and then here I am getting sick, so I can't like I couldn't even think of the game. And then my nephew comes yeah. in and he lets me know that they lost, and I was like, "What happened?" It just makes me feel worse. <laughs> but, yeah, I was actually in between plane rides. I had to fly back home on Christmas Day because I had to work the day after. Aww. But um, I know it, it, it kind of sucked, but it kind of didn't. I had a good time when I was a. Uh, when I was um, hanging out with my family, so it's alright that I flew back, but right. <laughs> I did get to see like bits and pieces of the game, and I thought like I mean it was probably obviously the best game of that Christmas Day spectacular. Yes. What, what do they call it? Chris basketball. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds accurate. <laughs> something crazy like that but it was the first time you know these two teams were on the floor together fully healthy all their stars were playing at the same time um Kwai had 11 points in the fourth quarter so I think the biggest takeaway that I had from this game is that one the Lakers could not finish I mean they Mm -hmm. led mostly the whole game and just could not grab it at the end and I think uh, the Clippers defense really got a hold of them because LeBron went like something crazy in the beginning, like 0-7 or 0-9. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and granted, his team was able to keep up for a little bit, but I really think that he needs to hit his sweet spark from, you know, the minute the game started uh, from jump off. So I think that really hurt them yeah. in the long run. but still entertaining to watch <laughs> yeah i rewatched it because you know i was I, when i got better i was like i have to watch this game and see for myself what happened and you're right it came down to the last minutes and the lakers defense could just not keep up and the clippers defense could so it was it was, it was sad to see because they had the momentum the whole game and in the last few minutes they just like shriveled or like crumbled i don't know what happened in their mindset or what happened to their plays or to their defense it was just gone and um it was kind of frustrating to watch but at the same time the Clippers deserve so much credit because they were able to come in and kind of like mess with their heads coming in as like losing and still get the win and it come it came down to defense the Lakers lost the focus I think and of course Kawhi Leonard had a great game 35 points 12 rebounds and five assists so he was definitely 
a very good part of the Clippers team. And then Patrick Beverly, he loves to talk about his defense, and that really shined in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, definitely. I think that big play at the end where he was able to block LeBron, mm-hmm. his shot, but actually LeBron was the last person to touch it. I mean, it was an incredible defensive play, and I had tweeted out, I was like, Pat Bev is really annoyingly great because he really <laughs> is good. He's really, really great at the game, but he just gets under your skin like, oh, like these little annoying ticks that he does. It's, it's just He's just very aggressive, and he's very definitely confident, borderline cocky um, <laughs> about playing. But, you know, seeing that kind of talent put up against somebody like LeBron James in the last seconds of a Christmas game is kind of like, wow, okay. You know, they really still have – the Clippers still have that grit. I felt like mm-hmm. – uh, they were lo- they've been losing it a little bit with their up and down series, but uh, we'll definitely get to that. But <laughs> did you have a favorite part of your game of the game? Um, yeah, when the Lakers were winning, that was definitely my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else I, I did not like. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I can I can definitely agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I agree with you. The Clippers do have that grit, and they still have that. That spark that keeps the games going. That is why you can never like count them out. Just because they're always going to come back and play tough. And like keep going for it. But I mean it was a Christmas game. I had fun watching it even though they lost. It was still a good game. It still kind of puts everything into perspective. Of how far the Lakers still have to go. In order to be mm-hmm. um, teams like the Clippers. And so it kind of. It's a nice game for Christmas. So sad we didn't get the win. But yeah. still a nice game. <laughs> I definitely think it's it's a really crazy rivalry and that, you know, the fact that the Clippers are two up on them on this regular season series is kind of like, is this a foreshadowing of, you know, playoffs? Like, how is playoffs going to go if they can't get it together in the regular season, you know? So I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out in the end. Um, but other than obviously the Christmas game, we're done reminiscing. Uh, we could jump, <laughs> go, jump go into back the to pres- Christmas. <laughs> yeah, let's jump into the present, twenty twenty, new year, new decade, all mm-hmm. that. But uh, same same Laker team from twenty nineteen. But I mean, I can't speak for the decade before that. That was that was a lot. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest game yet has been uh, eighty against the Pelicans. This time they yes. were. At home, um, when he made his debut, he made it in New Orleans against his team. I mean, 46 points, 30, 13 rebounds, three blocks. I, I mean, he went off. He went off. He had 41 he points did. in the November game, um, but he looked even better in this game. Uh, he, he only had to he had to make less shots this game than he did in the last game to get to 46 points. Uh, and it was it was great. It was great to see. And then you saw, you know, Ball and Ingram led their squad with twenty three and twenty two. But in the end, the Lakers they took the win. They did. I thought Anthony Davis played so well. He played with such a I don't know how to say it, like such an attitude. Like, look, look at this. Look at what I can do. And it was just like <laughs> rubbing it in their face and all the Pelicans' face. And then LeBron James also had that amazing Instagram story. Do you guys still think we gave too much up for him? And it was like, ooh, what a bird. Like, because he played so well. 
And um, I yeah, I liked it. I loved it. He's I like when he plays like that, very dominant, and he knows what he wants, and he's gonna get the points that he wants. And then of course they have the well supporting cast of LeBron James and um, Danny Green. He played really well that game as well. Um, KCP, who has been stepping up, Kuzma kind of stepped up a little bit too against his old teammates. And like you mentioned, yeah, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball are playing super well for the Pelicans. And I think it kind of has to do with Zion being injured. So it kind of takes away the eyes for now from Zion and focuses more on the other people. And mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram had a good game as well. They didn't get the win, but it is what it is. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I can tell how they're like LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They're really vibing on the floor and they're kind of off beating off of each other. And it's becoming such a, like a like a high school like team vibe where everybody just likes each other and loves playing basketball and everybody's just like winning and laughing and jumping together. It was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, I, I think it really showed the Pelicans like how much Anthony Davis was worth and it kind of showed like everybody else who doubted the Lakers and how much they gave up for him also. That's saying like, oh, I would have given up even more players for that kind of um, game. <laughs> yeah, no. Basically, I think it all paid off, and it seems like, you know, Anthony Davis definitely has some kind of revenge streak out for his old yes. team. Uh, he definitely feels some kind of way after leaving them, and he seems to show up and show out every time they play them. So uh, I think these are the two of the highest-scoring games he has were uh, against his former team this season. Crazy. So it's interesting to see how that how that kind of motivates and fuels him to that extent. But... Um, Another recent piece of news about AD is that he declined his maximum extension, his four-year extension. Now, no need to have a heart attack or anything, but, um, you know, he, he is expected to return, but in the end, he's probably trying to just max out his contract, but it, it makes my heart spire a little bit. Because I'm hoping nobody else has, you know, $200 million to give him, but so be it. (laughs) (laughs) It it kind of, everybody expected that would happen just because you can decline the offer now and just get more money in the summer. And so, I mean, that's a smart business move. Let's just hope that nothing crazy happens from here on out to the summer. Like any trades that maybe doesn't go, doesn't like Anthony Davis's way or any like playoff, like you said, any playoff um, hopes get dwindled on the way from here to the summer. I'm thinking they look fine, but things happen. There's so much, there isn't so much drama with the Lakers this season, but there's kind of been a little bit of sputter here and there that maybe Anthony Davis won't like, and that would maybe cause him to look at other teams. I don't want to put that negative energy out there, but (laughs) um, we'll just see where it goes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a good, good money move. Not as many, dramatic scenarios with the Lakers this season but uh one thing we did that that was important to the Christmas game was that the fact that Kuzma's trainer felt the need to comment on LeBron's oh, he did. dynamic <laughs> against Kawhi and then apparently you know apparently accordingly so Kuzma deleted a tweet that, you know, said call spade a spade, basically agreeing with his trainer that LeBron did not uh, play up to par during that Christmas game, which is like, oh, my gosh, like 
my mindset is leave the drama for your mama, okay? <laughs> Correct, yes. You guys are a team. You're doing better than, you know, more than half, almost probably more than 70% of the league right now. And y'all want to call each other out on Twitter because, you know, mm -hmm. the friend of a friend or trainer of a trainer, whoever said something, you know, and it's none of the trainer's business how, how LeBron performs. And if you're professional enough, you would keep that comment off of Twitter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, LeBron said, you know, there's no beef, but we know LeBron can be secretive in his angst against certain teammates, yes. coaches. You know, LeBron gets his way, so Kuzma better watch his back because he's been, the, we've said this before, that he's been very lucky to have stayed with the Lakers. He's the only one <laughs> that that didn't get traded during all that fiasco, so he better, you know, stay on LeBron's good side, so to speak. I think you said it best. The key word is professional, and that's what the trainer was not. I found it very poor in taste. Especially when you're working with somebody that works with that person. It's like... Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you're not even saying it behind their back. You're putting it on Instagram where everybody can see it. And it's like, you're going to put that other person in a very sticky situation because they work with you and they work with the other person as well. I mean, but whatever, however it went down, it still puts Kuzma in a bad place. And I think Kuzma should be kind of thinking do I really want to be working with this trainer who who's speaking out this way especially when Kuzma was not playing so hot so <laughs> to, that day was LeBron James and next day could be you and you can't control what another person posts on social media so I, I would just maybe if I could speak to Kuzma I would tell him like you should think of who you put in your circle especially working with them and having those things come out because like you said they're a team this kind of stuff it kind of breaks that team vibe all that energy that they have going on so why would you want that kind yeah. of person around you just giving off that negative energy even if it is true or if it's not true as a professional you keep those comments to yourself as a trainer you're not a you're not an, an analyst on tv no one's asking for your opinion and then they're just giving it out like they want to be a Stephen A. Smith, for example. Like, no. So, yeah. I would just, I don't know. I just feel like it was probably somebody trying to be petty and start drama just because things are going so well for the Lakers right now. And it, would be, it would be hurt if the team actually, like, you know, started to dwindle down because of this. But from what we've seen so far, they're okay with it. They probably had a talk man-to-man, -man, discussed it, they're over it, and now they're just all playing really well basketball. So... If that was the case, if that's what they wanted to do, they failed. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you ain't got if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping, right? Ooh. So Bruno Mark said like, that. <laughs> the Lakers are really popping right now, so you know, if the haters start jumping out the trees and the bushes, I really wouldn't be surprised <laughs> to try to ruin it all for them. But um, yeah, so like I said, Kuzma better watch his back. He's gonna like end up in one of the trade slots somewhere. Exactly. He's already <laughs> beginning being in rumors so he needs to chill <laughs> exactly exactly but on the on the flip side of that you have uh Dwight Howard whose contract is mm -hmm. seemingly going to be um guaranteed you know they signed him on the, the vet minimum at the beginning of the season and technically you know by standard were paying was paying him day to day until they could finalize it on J January 7th and 
I haven't seen any headlines that it is finalized, but I would assume that it's finalized. I mean, Dwight has been doing a really good job uh, playing his part. You know, he's not mm-hmm. that an extreme high score or anything, but he's there for very important defensive and offensive plays, and he makes a difference on the floor. So I, I think Dwight's comfortable where is he where he is at, and I think the Lakers are are comfortable with that too. And, um, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is going to be up for unrestricted free agency, but he is still hurt once again. This is his third major injury in his career, I believe. And this happened back to back. So I think what he's facing right now is kind of a Derrick Rose situation. Like, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, can I really bounce back like I like I want to? So it's going to be interesting to see if... Uh, if the Lakers decide to let him go or if they decide to keep him and let him come back healthy, who knows? I was really excited for him to come back uh, this year, so I, I want to see him stay. Well, I want to see him play too. Yeah. Hopefully he can come back, but we don't. you also don't want to rush it to just end up in the same situation you are in right now in like six months. So whatever he decides with his health team, I think should work out. And about Dwight Howard, I think you're right. He's totally playing his role, deserves that money, and you can totally feel that he is vibing and loving that role that he's playing. I mean, last night's game, he took a... Was it him or was it Jamoki? I don't know. But he took like a three-pointer. He's been making three-pointers this season as well, so he's feeling something. He's feeling positivity out there. Yeah. And he's and he gives you know, a lot of energy to the team. Oh, yeah. He does. Even from the sideline, he's like always hyping up the crowd. And like I feel like this time, he is so proud and so honored to be a Laker. And you can feel it by the way that he plays. And so hopefully mm-hmm. he continues this way. No more injuries because um, recent injuries, we have a scary one so far. AD landed on his back on last night's game against the Knicks, which was really scary. And I guess, what are they calling it? It's a... It's like a squirtle contusion or something. (laughs) Okay. I was waiting for you to say it because I couldn't read that. I have no idea. I probably pronounced it wrong. I'm not a doctor, but here I am trying, right? <laughs> um, but basically, yes. it means he hurt his he hurt his tailbone mm-hmm. back area, and like you said, it is it is concerning because AD has had a lot of back problems in the past, which have kept him out of games. And uh, you know, the Lakers, I don't think they've really been under pressure to function without AD. Or LeBron, um, but they are one and one in the season without AD, and they're zero and one without LeBron. So, and LeBron was playing while he was sick when AD was recovering. You know, yeah, when AD back. got out of that game late um, with his back injury. So it's kind of like it's a little scary. I'm glad that they they won. I mean, it was against it was a against the Knicks and they were already up by like 20 semi points in the third quarter. So they kind of just had to keep the, you know, the ball rolling per Mm -hmm. se. But yeah, I really hope that the Lakers are smart with how they recover him. Now they they said he's going to travel and that his, his x-rays were negative or his MRIs, et cetera, were negative, but it's just kind of like if he bruised that bone or, you know, if he's really feeling uncomfortable, they should definitely just let him 
Just let him sit out. You know, we got half the season left. <laughs> Just give him some time. Yeah, it was it was a very scary fall. And, he, and I think what scared us, or me, at least me the most, was how long he took to get up. And I was like, oh my god, is he going to stay down there? And But he luckily he got up. But yeah, you're right. It is like a back injury in some sort of way. He's had it before. And I think this kind of, I don't know, it brings back the question, like, how much should he be resting? And if he would have rested against the Knicks or not played against the Knicks with this had even happened because they are just so far ahead. And is it like, when is it time for load management to start with the Lakers at least? So, I mean, especially looking if they want to reach the playoffs healthy as a whole squad, they have to kind of, Maybe now, maybe after All-Star Weekend, start taking into consideration like load management and how much they can rest their star players like LeBron and like Anthony Davis. Yeah, because they definitely don't want to burn out at the end of the season. That that can definitely happen with these, you know, big superstar teams that they just play their players to their nitty-gritty and then they can't win when they want to win, you know? Exactly. So... Definitely agree with that. But, you know, on the flip side of that, you have the Clippers who are all about load management. (laughs) (laughs) And they're actually suffering from their own injuries right now. They had a terrible loss, their worst loss of the season so far. Uh, They lost 140 to 114 against the Memphis Grizzlies. (laughs) Did not know that they would get blown out by the Grizzlies, but here we are. Um, they didn't have any. They didn't have Paul George or Pat mm-hmm. Beverly, two huge, huge, huge defensive players um, for them for their team, and it showed. <laughs> it did, yeah. I was not looking for that to happen. I was kind of, I was surprised. I don't know, if Paul George was in there, but still, you can't let the Grizzlies score as much as they did. They were totally outscored by the three point line. Um, the Grizzlies scored 46%. Meanwhile, the Clippers only sh- scored 23% from the three. And so that was just one major stat that I saw was a huge difference that kind of hurt them throughout the game. And, you know, you have players like Lou Williams, who's usually very on point from the three, and it was just not happening. And then you have Landry Shamit as well. And so I was... It kind of shows you the value of Paul George and how much the Clippers do kind of depend on him, especially for games like this. And then you have other games where Paul George is playing and Kawhi's not, and they win, and they win. So it's like they have either both stars. It's very hard for them to have both stars at the same time because of their load management of style that they've played with so far. So I I just, I don't know. It kind of... It, it makes me wonder if it's the right way to go just because the two teams, two LA teams are going through two different paths. And so I wonder which path is kind of like the one that's going to lead to the championship. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Is it the kind of zigzag path that the Clippers are taking mm-hmm. or is it kind of more of a straight line like the Lakers? And um, another breakdown stat that I saw that was like, preposterous almost is that the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies were able to score 25 or more points in each quarter that's a lot 25 that's a lot yeah wow. 25 or more points in each quarter I was like set. I was reading yeah. that I was like is this right like god <laughs> like that's intense um but you know Montrez Harrell spoke after they were they were booed on the court by fans um and he said we're not a great team and he was very honest he said 
you know, they just came together. They're still working on a lot of things. They're still learning how to play with each other. And it's just really interesting to see how the Lakers meshed so well instantly. Um, and the Clippers are still, you know, we're halfway through the season and they're still kind of tumbling forward. And I think, you know, what you said about the whole load of management issue is and can become an issue. They're not if they don't know how to play with each other consistently, how are mm-hmm. they going to adjust over time at a consistent rate? Because they're not right now. They're not adjusting over time at a consistent rate. You know, they're, they're, they're five and five in the past 10 games. After, uh, they're, during that game, they were playing against Memphis. And so they're still inconsistent. And it's just kind of like, when are they going to figure it out before hopefully playoffs, finals, etc. But it's just like that inconsistency shows because just, you know, a day and a half later, they had a huge win over the Knicks. Granted, they only won by a few points, but <laughs> they, they came together and they had three people on their team all score over 30 points, which is the first time in franchise history for them. And then two of those players came off of the bench. Yeah. The Lakers have also been inconsistent, but they've been a little bit more consistent, as you can tell by the record. On the other hand, the Clippers, it's like you don't know who's playing which game. It's either going to be Kawhi or Paul George. And then they have lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. We said the Grizzlies, they barely beat the Knicks by three. They lost to the Suns in the early of the season. It's like mm-hmm. they just have not been consistent when we want kind of when we wanted them to or expect them to be and it's just like it's kind of irritating and not <laughs> irritating like oh my god this is the worst but it kind of like you doesn't give you a glimpse of what you to expect for the playoffs but then they go and they play against the Lakers and they come around and do like you know on Christmas day and like come to the last minutes and beat them so you're just like what is this team like we can't define them and so that for me is irritating because I'm a very organized person. I like labels. I want everybody to be in a certain way. <laughs> and it's just like I can't put these this Clippers team in a certain spot because they are yeah. just like everywhere. They're either going to beat the Suns or they're not or they're going to beat the Lakers or the Spurs or yeah, OKC. Okay, they're going to get blown out. Yeah, so it's like it's not consistent. And I don't know if it's like we should be worried but if they do not get their stuff together, I feel like it's going to impact where they rank and it's going to help it's going to become more difficult, I think, to if their if their hopes is the Western Conference final or the championship, it's just going to become more of a difficult path to get there just because of where they might be ranked. So I think that's yes. maybe the only thing that I might see an issue with, but it's just like it's a little bit frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely frustrating, you know, to, to add on top of that. Even on their on their good wins, quote-unquote good wins, take, for example, against the Knicks, you know, Paul George fouled out in the third quarter. Yeah. You can't have one of your star scorers, if not your best scorer on your team, fouling out in the third quarter. Okay, maybe end of fourth, but the third quarter, you know, you have a whole nother set of minutes to play without this person and that's why they the end result was so close because obviously Paul George was leading them um to a certain degree and when he fouled out that piece of energy was taken off 
the core and not only is that 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 has to do with Paul George, but that has to do with coaching too. You know, at some point you got to tap your player on the shoulder. Hey, you got this many fouls. You need to, you know, back up. Chill. Don't foul yeah. at somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> Let your other teammate, you know, get the foul for you. You know, like I play basketball in high school. Like I know how it is. Like when you want somebody to stay in, you got to take fouls for them. That's just how it works. If, if that's going to be your, your major player, that's going to make the difference in the game. So, and then they had, um, they let one of the Knicks players, Marcus Morris, uh, score 38 points, which was a career high. Like, y'all play to be a very defensive team and you have somebody basically break a stat against you for points. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So it's like, ah, like this imbalance, so to speak, they, they seem... They seem to a point where it's like if this unbalance keeps going, they're going to fall apart. And I would hate to see that because they have so much potential. They do. Yeah. Like they have Paul George, they have Kawhi, and then they have like, you know, their bench is very solid compared to other Mm -hmm. teams. So I would just, I would expect more from them. And I think that's what kind of kills it is that we expect so much because they are set up so well. And then... They go and they do that and <laughs> they lose to the Grizzlies and barely beat the Knicks. So it's like, I I don't know. And it's funny because the Lakers bench or, you know, the extras that's not LeBron James and um, Anthony Davis. They Everybody was looking at that squad like, oh, is that is that going to add up? Is it going to work out? Are they going to mesh? Is going to be drama? And like you have all the memes of players in the NBA and it's like, oh, well, they're actually getting along and they're playing well and it's looking kind of like, okay. And meanwhile, you have the Clippers here who are just like, when there's no Kawhi or there's no Paul George or no Lou Williams or Harold, who steps up? So I feel like maybe that's something else that they kind of need to um, work out. Like you said, Harold's her. Montrezl Harrell said that they're, st- they're still a new team and just because they're so good and they have two stars maybe we shouldn't expect so much from them as well <laughs> maybe yeah I mean that's true maybe and then just you know to touch on trade options all they really have are their younger lower performing people if they did want to trade up or mm-hmm. you know see if they could fit some more pieces into their team but I think at this point uh, they really just need to focus on who they have <laughs> and focus on bringing that team to- together so that they can make it to playoffs and maybe I don't know I don't th- at this point in the season I don't think they're gonna beat the Lakers out I think the Lakers have way more of a chance to go to the finals than the Clippers do right now because I I think they just need an extra year like this year just mm-hmm. they they didn't get off to like a really great first step you know and they just kind of kept stumbled they keep stumbling forward like somehow they're Still one of the, I'm not sure what number they're ranked, but I know they're the only other team above 500 and in the Pacific Division. So they look Mm. good on paper. Yes. But when you you watch them, you're like, eh. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the odd part because it's like they look so well and it, or sometimes or a quarter and then you're just like, what happened? How can this be the same team that lost to the Knicks? I mean, that lost to the Grizzlies. Like, it's like, it's it's inconsistent and if there were any trades i would be surprised well not so Mm -hmm. surprised just because 
Jerry West is still part of the Clippers organization. And so you never know what he has going down his up his sleeve. Not down. <laughs> up his sleeve. So I don't I don't know. We might see some trades if he doesn't like it. But I think he made the moves and trades for this kind of squad and just give them I agree with you. Just give them some more time and see how they vibe and how they and how they do that. <laughs> Well, I think that's all that we have for today's episode. Thank you for listening to West Coast Mix and Bounce. I'm your co-host, Leslie Torres with... Brana Marks. And we'll catch you on the next episode for more more basketball news. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs>